Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind. A mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazarak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick. The latest NFL news and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is December 8th. This is week 14 of 2020. Yes, of the COVID NFL fantasy season. And we're right on schedule to start the fantasy football playoffs I'm Michael Nazarek, and I am your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, my very good friend and very experienced fantasy player, Chris Rito. How you doing? You're also, by the way, you're also my partner in Fanex, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit. But uh, how are you doing tonight, Chris? Lovely, lovely. I thought you were my partner in Fanex. I forget how it worked out. Anyway, yeah, week 14. <laughs> It seems like we just started. We were just having a debate whether we were going to start the season at all, and now we're into our fantasy playoffs, or at least crunch time, the end of our regular season at the very least. It, it, it's, it's crazy. It's been a, a wild, crazy season. As I'm talking right now, the Baltimore Ravens are finishing up uh, a win over the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, there's less than a minute to go in the game. The Ravens are winning 34-17. to 17. Uh, I guess they, just like uh, – uh, the Dallas Cowboys, if you got Zeke Elliott, a guy can't get one yard at the goal. You know, I hope that didn't cost you a chance at your playoffs. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's crazy uh, it to watch a football title. on Tuesday, isn't it, Chris? <laughs> it's costing me a division title. I'm I'm playing for the division title. I'm down by four-tenths of a point, and I have Zeke Elliott. So, yep, that, that extra oh, point my to Justin gosh. Tucker. And he has Justin Tucker, so the extra point that he got and the points I didn't get from Zeke are going to cost me a win. I'm going to lose by four tenths. Oh, no, uh, that's terrible. I don't want to talk about it. I'm looking here. I don't know if the game's over because I turned the TV off. The 13 seconds left, the Cowboys still have a ball. The, pass, uh, the ball, maybe, maybe he'll catch a, a, a short dump off of the last play of the game. Uh, forget it. Forget it. Let's talk about, our, let's talk about other people's leagues. <laughs> Okay, let's go right to the news. There's not much news, but we will be talking fantasy tips here shortly. Uh, the big news, I guess, of the week uh, was uh, the implosion kind of continues in Philadelphia. Carson Wentz had another bad game. He was finally replaced by Jalen Hurts. I know uh, for me, very familiar with Jalen, a quarterback, the Alabama Crimson Tide, for a couple seasons before transferring and going to Oklahoma. But uh, he gets his first start. Uh, so, uh, Chris, the fantasy impact, uh, is Jalen Hurts picking up and starting for fantasy? Uh, maybe not this week. He's got a really tough one against New Orleans, obviously. But he's got Arizona and Dallas the next two weeks after that. And, and I've kind of reminded him when Tim, Tim Tebow got in the lineup late in the season in his, in his first year. And 
He was a really good fantasy quarterback, lousy NFL quarterback, but a good fantasy quarterback. And I went, I went to a championship game riding Tim Tebow. So I'm thinking he's worth putting on your bench if you got to, but I definitely wouldn't think about starting him this week unless you're pretty desperate. So I guess the question is, how do you, how do you think that this move affects guys like Miles Sanders and any of the uh, wide receivers for the Eagles? Are they worth starting? Obviously, you're probably going to start Sanders, but do you think he's going to have a decent game? He didn't do much last week. No, I, I actually don't. We'll talk more about Miles Sanders and our clicks and flicks, but I, I think he's probably the one that has the biggest negative impact because uh, any, uh, there's going to be a certain number of rushing attempts that are going to now go to Jalen Hurts, taking them by himself. I mean, he had five carries in a limited time that he was in there and pretty effective carries. Um, I don't really know what to make of the receiving crew, especially the tight ends because they're very tight end heavy offense because I just don't know who he's going to favor yet. So it kind of remains to be seen. I might – if you if you hung on to Travis Fulgham and kept him on your bench, remember he was working with the second unit a lot, so maybe he comes back into play. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really a wait-and-see attitude on receivers the rest of the offense. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. It's it's very tough from a fantasy provider uh, aspect here to try and rank a guys like Dallas Godert. Uh, I'm – I'm I'm wanting to move him down a little bit. The question is, how far down do you move him, and then where do you put any of these Eagles receivers? And you still got to put Miles Sanders somewhere around in the top twenty or close, you know, but nowhere near the top ten anymore because of all this. But it's a very interesting situation to watch. Uh, one other piece of news here: uh, everyone that's got Christian McCaffrey, uh, I do on one team. Uh, if you've got Mike Davis, and you just sit Mike Davis and put Christian McCaffrey in, if he's going to start, it looks like he's on track to start this week. We'll see if he practices later this week, but. If you do have McCaffrey and you've been waiting, it looks like this is the week, and uh, we did this before, once before. Hopefully he won't get in there and produce another 30-point game and then injure some other part of his body at the end of the game uh, because people need him for the next three weeks, week 14, 15, and 16 in the fantasy playoffs. You want that stud in there, and he's been averaging 30 points when he plays. The problem is he only played three games, so you know we're going to be crossing our fingers there. Okay, so as we're approaching the fantasy football playoffs, and you're trying to manage your roster, uh, do you, Chris? Uh, I just, I'm just going to throw this to you real quickly. Any late season fantasy tips that people should be uh, doing to prepare their team for the playoffs? Yeah, well, first of all, the one that we, you and I, talk about all the time: when in doubt, play your studs. Basically, it comes down to this: if you got a stud with a tough matchup and a guy behind him with a great matchup, if you play the backup guy and your stud acts like a stud you're going to feel a heck of a lot worse than if you just play your stud and he's mediocre and the guy on your bench goes off. So when in doubt, play your studs. You spend a high draft pick on him for a reason, do it. Unless you've got like three studs and you can only start two, you know, obviously you're going to have to bench one of them. So don't overthink it. That's number one. Uh, number two, you want to kind of look ahead at the schedules. You only have to look at a short period of games here, and you've got 14 week, 13 weeks of, of, of history to really understand what those games mean. Um, you want to look at schedules and pick up some guys and, and stick them on your bench because it's really important that you have a deep bench, especially in the year of COVID. You saw what happened to Des Bryant tonight, two hours before game, hour before game time, he got inactivated. That could happen to a Christian McCaffrey, to an Alvin Kamara, to a Patrick Mahomes at the last minute. You've got to be able to put somebody in. So you, there are not a lot of true handcuffs that are worth sticking in and get equivalent value. But if you, got, you, want, to, you want to load up your bench with starters. On my on my one of my teams, I dropped Tony Pollard, who I had I have Ezekiel Elliott, because somebody had dropped uh, David Johnson and uh, Joe Mixon when they were injured a couple weeks ago and picked them up. These are guys that are going to start. 
and they've got great matchups in the playoffs. You want to look at those matchups, look at those schedules, get guys and sit starters on your bench, if at all possible, or at least producers. Get a J.D. McKissick rather than a handcuff for somebody else. Um, you know, get, get, a, get a Mike Williams, you know, uh, if, if, you know, he's a guy in a small league that might be on the waiver wire, rather than keeping a handcuff for your guys. People make the mistake of handcuffing a guy too often in the playoffs. Great regular season, not so good in the playoffs, especially when you could lose a guy game up or lose an entire team, possibly, if their game gets put off. So you want to make sure you've got guys you can put in that can realistically get you points so you don't get skunked. And then the last, the last thing I want to really kind of think about as, as the first point here is you and I have talked many times about the value of streaming kickers and defenses um, rather all year. When you, again, you've got a couple of weeks to play and maybe you can't make roster changes through the end of through your playoffs, you want to look for somebody that's got some great matchups. You know, if you look at Seattle, they've got the Jets, Washington, and maybe Carolina, or excuse me, maybe the Rams in week 17. You've got Cleveland, who's got both New York teams in week 15 and 16. You've got Houston with Chicago this week and Cincinnati week, week 16. These are three teams that are probably on your waiver wire as defenses that have such good matchups that you can pluck them in if you've been streaming all year and not have to worry about it for the next couple of weeks. As kickers go, you, the other thing you have to remember is not only matchups and potential for their offense, but weather. Once you get to December, weather becomes a huge issue in the Midwest and the Northeast. So you want to get indoor kickers, dome kickers, or warm weather kickers, if at all possible, whether you're streaming or whether you're, you're picking up a guy to carry. You really, as, as, as good as, as you know, maybe Chris Boswell might be kicking in Pittsburgh, that's crappy weather there, and he could be playing in Pittsburgh. And he's got Buffalo this week in Buffalo. He could be games in Pittsburgh, maybe in New England. You want to avoid anything where weather could really become a factor where your kickers end up looking like Greg Zerline did tonight. So, again, yeah. you want to kind of think these things through at a little more depth than you, you might otherwise. And if you happen to be in a dynasty league or a keeper league, you might want to also look for guys that have been hurt all year and have been dropped a long time ago uh, or the guys who might be good next year if you've got room on your bench. Um, in a dynasty league, no one's going to drop a Tua or a Hurts. But in, in, a, in a small keeper league, eh, throw Tua into the end of your lineup. Um, maybe somebody dropped Dak Prescott in, in, a, in a league, you know, because he was done for the year. In previous years, when uh, Julian Edelman was hurt first week of the, of the preseason, he was out all year, I got him at the minimum value in my auction league and carried him over to the next year because he was a bargain. Uh, I did that with Antonio Brown this year, picked him up and carried him. I might be able to get Antonio Brown next year at a bargain price. So, so kind of look at the waiver wire before your last roster moves in dynasty or keeper leagues to see if there's anyone that's, that has some real value out there. That's some very, very good advice. Uh, yeah, we always talk, say, start, start your suds. But that, that's a very interesting uh, second point you made there. Uh, as With regards to the kickers, I also tell people that uh, know your league rules because there are a lot of leagues that won't allow you to make uh, waiver wire moves at all in the playoffs. And you don't want to go into your playoffs with just one kicker because all it takes is one slip. And I was watching the game here, and I'm not sure if he's injured, but uh, Will Lutz uh, slipped a little bit and and, uh, you know, missed a kick, and then uh, they showed him kind of flexing his leg there. And he ended up kicking PATs the rest of the game, two PATs. But we don't know if he can uh, kick a 50-plus-yard field goal. He might be injured. We're going to wait and see when the when the injury report comes out this week. But, you know, you don't want to be stuck with just one kicker. If you cannot make a move, you need to go not only take a look on the waiver wire and see how that kicker's done, but like you say, you've got to take a look at the schedule and make sure that, well, okay, I'm going to play in a dome 
or whatnot. And also, you know, remember that like guys like Matt Prater, normally very good and all, he's been missing kicks almost every week for the entire season. So, you know, I kind of downgrade him there. But that's a lot of good, uh, you know, fantasy advice for uh, for uh, not only experienced owners but the newbies to take uh, because we get a lot of people here listening and whatever, and they're like, oh, I'm in my first uh, getting my my first playoffs. I'm so excited and everything, and they they don't they don't understand the nuances of prepping your team and your roster for the final three weeks of the season is very important because you don't want to get caught, you know, uh, have, having a, if both your tight ends all of a sudden go on the COVID list, you know, you know, heaven forbid that happen and all. But you want to make sure that you have something, somebody uh, that's halfway decent in order to start. And, you know, we're just guys like me. I'm hoping uh, I've got Mark Andrews on my team. I hope he plays next week. Uh, you know, but, but uh, you know, we'll see on that. But lots of good advice there. Let's go over the real quick uh, the, the injuries. It's, it's a short list this week. Uh, I want to remind everyone that the comprehensive list over at ffmastermind.com, premium subscribers have updates to that every single day. Um, uh, Daniel Jones is the only quarterback on the list here. Uh, hamstring. Uh, looks like the Johns are going to do everything they can to make sure that he can protect himself before he can play. So we'll see if it's going to be another uh, week of Colt McCoy there. Uh, Josh Jacobs, the ankle. Uh, John Gruden was not optimistic, but it's very early in the week, and, and Josh Jacobs has not missed many games in his two years of, of, of playing so we'll see if he can practice at all. I'd say that if he can practice by the end of the week, they need him to play, and we'll get to see him play. Uh, Antonio Gibson with a toe. That that just happened on Monday night. So, uh, you know, we're going to know exactly how uh, how uh, serious it is later in the week to see if he can practice. Uh, like you said, J.D. McKissick, very, very uh, valuable right now. Uh, Peyton Barber might end up starting that, that game, but, you know, they're dinking and dunking, and guess who? What, guess what? That's McKissick catching catch, you know, those passes. He caught 10 passes, and in a PPR league, that is gold. That's right there is almost 20 points to, to 10 for 70 there that he had. Um, DeAndre Swift, we're keeping an eye on him in, in, in uh, Detroit, a uh, concussion. Uh, also, uh, actually, the illness. He goes over the concussion. It's the illness that's got him uh, – whether he's going to play or not this week. If not, then AP gets another start. It's been two weeks in a row now. Adrian Peterson, two touchdowns. So if you've managed to swing that and start him, good for you there. Cam Meekers with a shoulder. He's kind of a surprise added to the injury report on Monday. He sat Monday, but he practiced in a limited fashion today. He's trending in the right direction. And, of course, it's a three-man uh, running back by the committee and for, for the Rams. They're going to be playing on Thursday night against the Patriots. But if, if Akers is healthy and plays, he's the guy to start. And then Henderson is number two and Malcolm Brown's three there. Frank Gore with a concussion in New York for the Jets. Uh, we don't know if he's going to play this week or not, but Ty Johnson is the hot pickup because he produced uh, 100 yards and a score last week, and he's playing the Chargers, and uh, that, that should be a fairly uh, high-scoring game. Uh, anyway, uh, Kenny Galladay with a hip. We'll see if he plays this week. Uh, you know, keep an eye on him and see if he practices. Jonu Smith for Tennessee with a knee. Uh, it'll be Anthony Ferkser once again if Jonu can't play, and we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's expert league Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim 
Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, uh, I wanted to uh, correct myself there. I said the Jets were playing the Chargers. They're actually playing Seattle, uh, who's uh, eh, their defense is improving, but you can run on them. And so uh, Ty Johnson's probably going to get a lot of uh, action there. Obviously, he will start if Frank Gore can't play. Uh, anyway, we want to remind everyone, come, please come to our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of free stuff there, including uh, free daily NFL quick bits, all the news and information as it breaks, especially related to COVID, and free in-season eye sky scanner reports. We'll continue all the way through weeks. 17, including those covering the Colts by uh, from Chris Rito. Our weekly in-season fantasy newsletter is discounted at 9.95. There's four of them left. So if you want to get a little bit extra help or a second opinion on as you enter the fantasy playoffs, try us out for the price of a medium pizza. 9.95 will get you that. Also, if you do subscribe and try us out and you like us for next year, you've, we've already started taking renewals for next year. We always do this as of Black Friday every year. Rock bottom prices, Pro Bowl, Super Bowl package, normally uh, upper 40s to upper 50s. 35.95 and 39.95 for both. Uh, so in other words, you can get all of our services for 2021 next year uh, for only uh, under 40 bucks. It's a pretty good deal, if I say so myself. Anyway, please follow me on Twitter at FF Mastermind. Let's get right to the picks to clicks and uh, <coughs> picks to click and flick for Week 14. Give me a couple quarterbacks you like and why, Chris. Uh, for the second straight week, I'm going to start with Phillip Rivers, and he could actually be a click next week, three straight, uh, based on matchup here. This is based on all three of the main factors I consider. It's his current play, uh, his personal history, and the opponents he's playing. So as far as his play, he's been a QB1 for the last five weeks, surprisingly, and very consistently scoring. Amazingly, his last four weeks have been within 20 yards, a total window of his yards, almost direct between 285 and 305 every game for four straight weeks. Um, he's also personally owned the Raiders on the road in his career, although that was primarily because he loved antagonizing the black hole in Oakland. So we'll see what happens in Las Vegas without fans there. But in his last 12 starts versus Oakland, he's got six 300-yard games and two 400-yard games, and he's thrown over 12% of his career touchdowns versus the Raiders. 47 out of 418 have been against the Raiders. Um, Vegas blitzes at the league's third lowest rate, and they don't get much pressure up the middle, so that serves him well as well. So I think Rivers might have a lower ceiling than some, but he probably provides far and away the highest floor in the league this week, and it's a really safe bet if you need someone in week 14. And then if you want to make a real gutsy play, uh, maybe I wouldn't do this in your playoffs, but if you're in a DFS you're looking for a real cheap option, I might think about Mike Glennon. He's been decent for fantasy in his two starts. And this week, you've got the Titans, who have been just shredded by opposing quarterbacks in recent weeks and by mid-range fantasy quarterbacks. And they've, in fact, allowed the most touchdown passes overall. All season, they've been even worse against teams that also have a decent run game like Jacksonville. So with the Jags likely to be in catch-up mode, volume could even be high. The only downside here is that a few early turnovers could let the team turn back to a now-healthy uh, Gardner Minshew midstream. And if by chance they change course between now and the end of the weekend when the game starts and they start Minshew, he should be very solid too. He had 30-plus points versus Tennessee back in week two. 
Okay, good point on Minshew there. I know he wants to get badly back, uh, basically beg the coaches to play, but they're going to stick for Glenn as of right now. We'll see at the end of the week. A couple of guys I like this week, Justin Herbert. Uh, you know, what's not to like? I know he's having it. He's coming off his first bad game of the year against the uh, – uh, well, just against Bill Belichick. Most rookies do struggle there. Well, guess what? He gets the Falcons' defense this week, and they can be beaten uh, by a very good quarterback, and that's what he's going to do. So multiple scores there. Uh, stick him in the lineup. Don't worry about it. Ryan Tannehill, uh, playing much better lately. Uh, guess what? They get the Jaguars this week. That means a big game is coming for Ryan Tannehill. I like Derrick Henry in this game, too, but there's plenty to go around. Uh, the offense is just going to be pumping the scores uh, into the end zone there, so I like Ryan Tannehill. A couple of guys I'm going to be concerned about, uh, obviously, Sam Darnold, the Jets. They, I tell you, he could really be playing his final games as a Jet right now because even with the, the three healthy wide receivers, he barely uh, generated much of offense last week uh, in the passing game there. Uh, I think Perryman had one catch there. I just don't like him uh, this week against uh, Seattle. I know the uh, the uh, the schedule is uh, – Pretty favorable, but they got Jamal Adams now back, and this is a revenge game, yeah, for Jamal. So he's going to be trying to sack uh, Darnold there in the game, and uh, the secondary's improved. Uh, you know, the, the Giants could barely score 17 points uh, on on Seattle. The, I don't think the Jets are even going to score that. So sit Darnold and Alex Smith, Washington. I know the team is resurging and all, but the 49er defense is still a quality unit. I think that uh, the uh, offense. Touchdowns are going to be few and far between in this game, maybe uh, more two or three uh, Hopkins field goals. And, of course, if Antonio Gibson's out too, that takes another weapon away from the offense. So I would sit Alex Smith this week. How about you, Chris, have a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? Well, I'll start with Jared Goff. I mean, he's got the Patriots, and they've allowed a total of 21 fantasy points to quarterbacks in the last two games. And that's facing Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert, who are first and fifth in points per game. So uh, they also have the depth of frontline cornerback talent to stay with the Rams, multiple wide receivers. And on the other side, Goss recently, he's been prone to turnovers, especially at home, and he's averaged under 15 points per game in his last three home games. His only other two matchups against Belichick in the past, you remember one was a Super Bowl where they only scored three points. He's averaged 190 yards with three total picks and only one TD and been sacked eight times. Yeah, sit Jared Goff this week. And I don't like David Carr. Um, and welcome to your weekly reminder not to chase last week's points. Yes, I know Carr had a monster week last Sunday, but this is not the Jets. This is the Colts, who have allowed the fewest touchdown passes in the NFL. The Colts have actually allowed zero or one touchdown pass in four of their last five games. They got a crazy amount of second-half shutouts recently. Carr, meanwhile, had averaged 16 points per game and 200 yards per game in the six games uh, leading into that homecoming patsy game against the Jets. So last week is not the norm. Don't chase those old points. Okay, how about a couple of running backs you like and why? Uh, I hesitate to say this because I think the passing game is going to be solid, but I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor for the Colts as well. Uh, he is the number five running back in PPR over the last three weeks in points per game, and he has a solid on-paper matchup this week against a team that has been bludgeoned on the interior by backup running backs recently. Ty Johnson last weekend, Kalen Balaj, Ito Smith, Sony Michelle, Fournette, even Le'Veon Bell have had solid days against this team. So what's a blue chip lead back going to accomplish? Even with an RBBC and Hines role on offense, he's going to get enough touches to, to be very fruitful for you. And I love Miles Gaskin this week. He's definitely filling in the feature back role. He has appeal in PPR as well because of its heavy use in the passing game. Very quietly, he's on the fringe of running back one territory, averaging almost exactly the same number of points per game as Antonio Gibson, who a lot of people are putting in their lineup every week. Uh, and he only has a low game of 9.5 every other game in double digits. 
The Chiefs have allowed the most yards per game and yards per carry and a lot of running back receiving action as well. And I think the Finns are going to try and pound the ball a lot against a soft running defense to keep Mahomes sidelined, so volume should be high for Miles Gaskin. There you go. All right, a couple of running backs I like this week. Uh, pretty pretty easy to call here. Uh, David Montgomery, I mean, has a string of soft defenses, and he's produced really well for his fantasy owners. Well, that continues this week with the Texans, so you just plug and play there. Melvin Gordon uh, coming off a pretty good game himself against the, uh, the Chiefs. Uh, well, guess what? He gets the Panthers this week, and uh, they've got some uh, issues with COVID there, uh, but uh, they're already a bad run defense to begin with, so uh, you're, if you've got Melvin Gordon on your bench, Maybe he might be your number three. If your number two's got a really bad matchup or is gimpy, you might want to go ahead and sit him and start Melvin instead. Uh, a couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, Devin Singletary. Uh, you play the Steelers. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, Damian Harris, uh, you know, the, I think this is going to be a low-scoring game in, uh, on Thursday, uh, the Patriots and the Rams, and I think the Rams do a run defense very, very playing really well right now. Damian Harris, eh, kind of a meh play. Uh, he's going to lose some carries to Sonny Michelle, and also he doesn't catch passes, so I'd be careful about starting him there. How about you, Chris, about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why? Uh, I'll start with Devontae Booker. I do, I'm do. i assuming that he's going to play and not Josh Jacobs this week. I think the Colts feel an opportunity here. The Raiders are looking very vulnerable. They got waxed by Atlanta, and they barely beat you know the Jets on a, on a bizarre end of play, as we all know. Booker also doesn't look likely to get a lot going here, uh, as only Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook have topped 60 yards versus Indy in the last 22 games, and he is not Cook or Henry. Uh, speed or edge runners have also been really squashed by Indy because their team defense is fast. Again, if Jacobs in, I'm really not real keen on him either, so I don't think this is a great running game option here. And then I don't like Miles Sanders this week. We mentioned him a little bit earlier, but the Saints have allowed the fewest fantasy points, total yards, and touchdowns to opposing running backs, stepping up even more recently with no running back scoring more than 10 PPR points against them since week eight. Sanders himself has paralleled the Eagles' woes with a pitiful, pitiful nine PPR total points in the last two weeks and no games over 13 PPR points since week five. I think the Saints are going to lead, force Philly to throw. This doesn't bode well for volume. And, again, like I mentioned earlier, if they go to Jalen Hurts, he's going to lose significant rushing attempts here also. A lot of reasons to not like Miles Sanders this week. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. How about the wide receivers? Who do you like and why? Yeah, one of your boys, Jamison Crowder, I like. for certain. No one's happier to see Darnold back in the center than Crowder, who has thrived, as shown by his two touchdowns last week. And no better time to get in that groove than going against the Seattle pass defense, which allows far and away the most stats to wide receivers in every conceivable category. Now, the Jets should have a high passing volume, even if they don't have a lot of success. And Crowder should get the largest share of those quick looks to get the ball out of Darnold's hands and away from the rush. He should be a PPR beast this week. And then a couple of guys who I think are kind of fringe starters with great possibilities. Marquise Brown, uh, Cleveland's been very well beaten by downfield receivers this year. Brown is starting to turn it around. Consecutive big games, heavy targeting. Lit up Cleveland in week one. And he scored a touchdown or gone over 100 yards in all four divisional games so far this year. And I love Alan Lazard against Detroit also. Again, it's a matchup. Detroit has allowed secondary receivers to kill them all year. They've allowed 10 touchdowns to receivers. They've all been by number two or three guys. And definitely in the Green Bay matchups over the years, the leading receiver is always MVS or Lazard against Detroit. Lazard scored both games against Detroit last year, and he only had three touchdowns all season. And his only catch as a rookie was against Detroit as well. He liked playing Detroit playing. 
Wow, that's a lot of good research there, interesting stuff on there. Well, by the way, people, I just remind mind, uh, mind you, uh, most people understand this, but some uh, people that are not uh, very experienced in fantasy football, we can not like a quarterback but still like one of his wide receivers. In other words, Darnold can throw for 180 yards, one score, and that's a bad game. But if he throws 90 of that 180 yards and a score to Jameson Crowder, that makes Crowder, especially if he catches six or seven passes, that makes him a good play. So that's that's where we're going. In other words, there's not a link there necessarily uh, for, for the players. Um, now, back to the wide receivers, a couple of guys I like this week. I like Mike Williams, the secondary player, because it's the Falcons, and I think that Keenan Allen's going to get his, and so will Mike Williams. So if you've got Mike Williams as an option for flex, go ahead and stick him in there and don't worry about it. CeeDee Lamb, uh, well, he had a Hail Mary go right through his hands tonight, but he got a lot of targets. I I like the matchup against the Bengals. Um, they want their rookie to get more involved in the passing game there. Andy Dalton uh, doesn't mind throwing to him. So uh, I think he's going to have a good game this week. You stick him in your lineup if you need him. A couple guys I'm concerned about. It's just along the lines of a low-scoring game on Thursday night. Jalen Ramsey's probably going to be covering Jacoby Myers in this game uh, So uh, for much of it, if not all of it. So uh, I'd stay away from Jacoby. And then uh, over in New York, I love my Giants resurgent. Go Giants, you know, uh, Ingram and Shepard, yeah, but the Darius Slayton, what have you been? Uh, not enough targets for a fantasy start, especially if Colt McCoy, who locks on to uh, Shepard, uh, I'm sitting Slayton this week. Um, how about you, Chris? Uh, give me a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why. Another guy who's disappeared is Jerry Judy. Three, the last three weeks, only eight PPR points total. Clearly the third fiddle to Patrick and Fant in the passing game. And slot guy K.J. Hamler's picking up a lot of targets. Carolina's pretty good against the wide receiver. Only true studs have had decent games against them. And slot receivers have had success, so I expect a low volume for Judy and a high volume for maybe Hamler. And then uh, I know this sounds crazy with the Steelers having more wide receiver touchdowns than any other team, but I don't like any of their wide receivers this week. Pittsburgh has relied too heavily on the short passing game to get going. They've really struggled with it in the last few weeks. I see this as a low-volume game. I think the awakened Steelers are going to try and reestablish the run against a weak run defense to avoid the Buffalo pass defense. And they've only allowed the fewest wide receiver fantasy points anyway and only to clear alpha dog wide receivers, which Pittsburgh doesn't have. They're just a real caution play here. Weather is also going to be a potential factor. They're calling for cold and snow Sunday night in Buffalo. Yeah, those guys need to hold on to the football, too. Of course, Eric Ebron's not doing his fair share of drops, too, but I see your point there. How about the tight end position? A couple of guys you like and why? Yeah, funny you mention Eric Ebron. He's uh, he's my guy this week. He's still the top consistent target for Big Ben. Seven catches and 11 targets each of the last two games. You get the Buffalo team that's allowed the most tight end receptions and yards and among the most tight end points. I think he's primed for a big PPR day again this week. And then Hunter Henry has almost exactly the same number of targets, catches, yards, and points as Ebron, and an opponent that's almost as generous as well to opposing tight ends, allowing a league-high nine touchdowns. The Falcons have been much better on D since Raheem Morris took over as coach. They've only allowed one tight end touchdown since that time, but it looks like a bounce-back game for the whole Chargers passing game, like you talked about earlier. So I think Henry should be a solid PPR guy as usual. He'll be back. There you go. Okay, uh, I mentioned this guy earlier, the, my tight ends I like this week. Uh, Mark Andrews, paging Mark Andrews, if you get activated from COVID, uh, COVID reserve list, you got to play him. Uh, Browns have allowed nine tight ends uh, uh, touchdowns in 2020, and I know that Mark Andrews has had multiple touchdowns in games that he's played against the Browns because I've owned Mark Andrews the last two years. So I know he's a good play this week. If he plays, that is. Check your uh, check the list later in the week. Don't 
Dalton Schultz had a pretty good game tonight against uh, Baltimore. A lot of catches here and there. And then the Bengals are the second worst uh, against the tight end. So this is going to help Andy Dalton out. I think Dalton's going to have a good game. Four, five, six catches, 50, 60, 70 yards, maybe a score this week. So if you start, if you need them, start them. A couple guys I'm concerned about, once again, going back to the Thursday night game, Tyler Higby, uh, the Patriots, yeah, they've allowed one tight end to score on them in 2020. That's one touchdown. I believe it came either in week one, two, or three, one of those weeks. It has been a long time since any tight end has done anything. Remember, this is a Patriots team that kept Darren Waller down to like two catches for 10 yards, something like that, very close. And we're talking about a guy that just scored 50 points in in, uh, FFPC scoring this past week. Um, The other guy I'm not not, uh, crazy about, and you might not even – own him or heard of him or whatever, but Dan Arnold, yeah, uh, he scored uh, twice last week, so people are like looking at him going, wow, I need a tight end this week. Maybe I should play him. Well, the Giants really love the tight end, so I don't think Arnold's going to come anywhere close to scoring twice again this week, maybe probably not even once, so I would uh, avoid him. Uh, by the way, Dan Arnold's floor is zero. Let's say, just be careful there. Okay. How about, <laughs> how about, how about you, Chris? Uh, give me a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why. Uh, maybe Arnold throws an interception on a reverse. He gets negative points. All right. But uh, I'm, I'm going to have a caution play, a caution play for Logan Thomas this week. I know he's been red hot, but the 49ers have only allowed two tight ends to top 30 yards all season, and neither of them scored. No one over 27 yards since week six and a league low 30 yards per game. It's a tough play against this defense, especially with McKissick hogging all the outlet passes. And then uh, Jimmy Graham. Texans have been very good against the tight end and totally shut down the three-headed tight end by committee of the Colts last week. They've not allowed a tight end touchdown since week six. Only two guys over 55 all year. And Graham has totally disappeared behind the youngster Cole Komet. I watched the snap counts. They've totally flipped from two to one in favor of Graham to two to one in favor of Komet. So he's got half as many snaps, half as many targets, only six PPR total points the last three games. He's a permanent flick and droppable. Yep. I agree with you totally there. In fact, this past week on the uh, in the market feature that I just released, uh, I featured uh, Cole Komet and the fact that uh, you know he's playing very well. He scored last week, and uh, the snap count is just totally reversed. All right, how about a one-hit wonders kicker and defense? Hit me with him, Chris. Hey, Joey Slime may have been dropped because he was on a very late-season buy last week, so go pick him up. He gets Denver this week, who's allowed the most field goal attempts. And then I like Graham Gano. During their four-game win streak, he's averaged 12 points per game for the Giants. And Arizona has allowed 10 points per game to kickers in the last six with a low of eight. So two good opportunities for some guys that are probably high uh, opportunity uh, or high availability on the waiver wire. And a couple of defenses, I'll stick with the G-men. Uh, I think they're playing very physical. They've stopped the run game. They've been sacking teams. They've held four straight teams under 20 points. And Arizona has allowed 10 sacks to Kyler Murray since he injured his shoulder. He's not running as much or being elusive. I love the Washington football team as well. The Niners have been very generous with turnovers. And Washington, if you watch the Monday night football game against the Steelers, they really showed their pass rush strength. Yeah, I tell you, both the NFC, uh, they call it the NFC least, but the last couple of weeks, both the Washington and the Giants have been uh, surprising people. And uh, I think maybe, just maybe, the winner of that that, uh, division might end up 8-8. I don't know. It's going to be tough to go 9-7, but uh, my Giants are are surprising. And I think this is really a winnable game this week. We shall see. Anyway, thank you for joining us, everyone. Uh, For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week. 
when week 15 of the 2020 NFL season is previewed, and that's our penultimate episode. That means we have two more episodes. Uh, we, uh, we we take Christmas week off, week 17. Our, we, our season finale is the week 16 uh, uh, show. So anyway, good night and good luck to everyone this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.